You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. And we welcome you back to Open Court with Jay Young, your podcast stop for Fairfield basketball. Along with the coach, I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Also pleased to be joined today by Stag's big man, Supreme Cook. Uh, one of the uh, milestone days in Fairfield basketball history, now just that, history. The Stags christened their gleaming new $51 million Leo D. Mahoney Arena with a win on Saturday night over St. Peter's. And uh, Coach, you told us before the game that you'd be happy when that night was over, and you, you meant it in a, a good way, and now that it is over, can you kind of bring us behind the scenes and uh, give us a general sense of everything that went into making that night happen from your standpoint? Well, you know, it was a night that's been talked about for an awful long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, leading up to the game, there were a lot of meetings about what was going to take place as far as, uh, you know, the schedule for the opening night that I was involved with, having alums back, uh, getting out invitations. So a lot of planning that went into the day. And obviously you, you got to remember, you still got to play the game. And that's what I was trying to be conscious of that. Uh, although there was a lot around the game that we had to go in and play well to beat a good St. Peter's team. So uh, it was a, a lot of build up to the game, Bob, uh, for several weeks. And even going into September, when I think we first met about you know, the format of what we thought the, the day should look like, uh, some Zoom calls and uh, that type of stuff. So a lot surrounding it, but, uh, you know, I'm glad we finally got it here and uh, won the game, obviously, and uh, can now kind of move on. And, and uh, it was a great night and a special night, but there were a lot of things surrounding the game that you don't usually have on a normal home game, that's for sure course the the most important thing is what you already talked about you you got to win and uh, there was a little extra pressure of course to get that win on top of all the distractions uh, in a good sense again that you had to deal with what about the feedback in the 24 hours that you got following uh, not only of course the win but the whole uh, specter of opening night at the Leo this is probably the one time since I've been here that no one, I haven't heard one negative comment <laughs> about anything. Uh, everybody loved it. They loved the building, loved the atmosphere. Obviously, we won the game, so everybody was happy. I'm sure they're out there. Maybe I just haven't seen them. But uh, all the feedback that I've received was extremely positive from everybody and the experience that they had in the in the new building and uh, whether they came there with former teammates or friends or whatever was really, really positive. How about uh, connecting with former Fairfield players and former Fairfield coaches and administrators? Um, I know you were heavily involved in, in that aspect of it. I know you're big on, you know, trying to, um, you know, amplify the history of this program. And this was obviously a golden opportunity to do that. How much, how many connections were you able to make over the, uh, the course of, uh, the, the build-up to opening the Leo. It was great to meet some of the names that I haven't met so far and uh, met a lot of the people, but but some of them that I haven't. And uh, to kind of reconnect with some people that, you know, you think about it, really two of my four years here, it's been COVID, so you haven't seen anybody. Yeah. Um, so got to see some guys again. And uh, it was just a great turnout for alums. I was uh, I was so 
pleased. Not that I was shocked because this is a special place and people want to come back, but what a great turnout we had from former basketball alums and managers and, and a bunch of coaches who had coached there before. So it was really just a cool night. Some future stags may have been in attendance. You were telling me before the game you had uh, quite a number, a high number of uh, recruits uh, in attendance on Saturday, didn't you? We did. We had a, a pretty good group with their families who came to the game and, and obviously want to showcase the first game. Uh, and it doesn't get much better than that from an atmosphere. And uh, we probably would have had more, but it was like some of the opening nights uh, in Philadelphia and, and that area were, were Saturday night, so they couldn't attend. But it was a really good night and, and obviously uh, uh, a great first impression of Fairfield basketball. Yeah, great showcase. How many recruits are we talking about here? We probably had close to, oh, I don't know, 15 to 20 plus their parents mm -hmm. and that type of thing and, and a couple of late cancellations for, you know, that type of stuff that always happens, yeah. but, but uh, it was a really good showing. Uh, we are joined today by Supreme Cook and Supreme, uh, this is your third year with the program. Obviously, this was uh, the singular uh, event in your young Fairfield career, this opening of the arena. Uh, and when you came to campus, you knew this was going to be happening. It finally did happen. Did it? meet or exceed your expectations uh in my opinion it definitely exceeded my expect expectations um when i was recruited to come here they always talked about the new arena and the atmosphere it was going to bring and when that day finally came it was no disappointment it was just everything i was told about and everything i was thinking of and it was just an overall great experience i uh read uh, jay a quote today in the paper i'm going to try and cut it short uh, we have been nomads since I've been here. Different buildings, different venues, and a lot of road games. We've all kinds of. We've all been waiting for this to happen. We get back and got and these guys playing on their court in front of their fans. Is that the way the players felt? Like, has it been hard for you this year, third year, playing at alumni? You would have played an alumni your first year, right? Your mm -hmm. freshman year, right? Yeah. Playing at Webster Bank. Mm -hmm. So has that been difficult for you, like being nomads, like Coach said? Um, to a certain extent, it's been a little difficult. Um, me and the guys always talking, we always say we've never had a, a real place to call home. So when we finally had access to the arena, it was just, I guess it was just a dream come true. Playing at Webster Bank, we, we appreciated uh, using that venue and playing in Alumni Hall, but we knew that this arena is something we can call ours and we can really call home. How about uh, the interaction with your fellow students, Supreme? Did you are you getting more reaction from them? More buzz? Do you sense on campus from uh, your fellow students regarding what's going on with basketball? Of course, uh, related to the arena. Oh, definitely. Um, I just have random people come up to me telling me how the arena is so nice, how they can't wait to watch us playing there, and you can just feel the overall excitement from all the students, staff, and it's it's just a great feeling to know that they've been waiting on this too and they get to share the experience with us i think uh, we all saw saw something that we had never seen before which was students storming the court after a a non-championship type uh, game did that catch you by surprise did you expect to see uh, that reaction after the game was over i definitely was not surprised i knew they were going to storm the court cause, okay because some students told me they were going to do it i was like hey you know do it do what you want but <laughs> We knew they were going to storm the court, and it was it was just a great feeling.
Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was this is one of those premeditated things, but still, mm-hmm. it looked organic. It looked mm-hmm. like it was spontaneous, and when it actually did happen, uh, wh- what was that feeling like uh, to to actually be surrounded by your fellow students in that in that collective uh, exhilaration? It, it was a feeling I I've honestly never felt before. It, it just felt like uh, I just was overwhelmed with support by the by the students and the and everyone there, and it was just uh. Uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Jay, I'm going to go back to you. At all, during the game, did you take a deep breath, look around, and say, wow, this is great? I think when I first got out there and walked through the um, the tunnel and saw the crowd and the noise, uh, just kind of hit me there what a special night this was. We, you know, obviously had thought about it, but when I saw that crowd and, the, you know, just the energy in the building kind of hit me there. But uh, once the game got started, I was – you know, so conscious of making sure we won the thing and then got off to a great start and got up 18. And then, of course, it couldn't be easy. You know, they made a good comeback, yep. St. Peter's, and made me a little uh, nervous there at the end. But fortunately, we got the the win. But I, I think when I first worked, walked out there, Joe, just to kind of look around and see everybody, uh, uh, you know, just the energy in the building was really special. I have uh, now attended uh, both openings. I was there when the women beat Stonehill in the first game in uh i thought you say you're at the opening of alumni hall (laughs) some people probably figure that's true uh but the one thing that struck me both uh when the women opened with their win against stonehill and of course on saturday night when you played st peter's um it's loud in there uh and joe and i have headphones on and it's it's hard sometimes to hear ourselves so i was wondering supreme First of all, was it maybe even louder than you thought it might be? Which is a good thing. You can you know feed off that energy. And beyond uh, that one thing that stood out, just how loud and powerful it is inside. Anything else about the arena that that stood out as, as unique to you from a player standpoint? Um, it was definitely loud in there, especially with it being so packed as it, as it was. It was definitely loud in there, but. I would honestly say we were feeding off their energy, and that kind of made us play harder. But the arena itself, there's so many, I don't know, um, like a little amenities and just stuff going around. Like I notice something different every time I'm in there, and it just makes the, the overall experience just way better just playing in there. Any examples? For instance, uh, when I was walking around, I noticed that, 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 that nice little theater you have for, mm-hmm. for film review, things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Any other specific examples? Oh, yes. The, fil- the film is really good. Um, we use it a couple times already, and it's it's, it's been like a blessing to us. Um, right by our locker rooms, there's like little mannequins of us, and I, think, and I just thought that was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these little flourishes uh, add up, and again, the overall experience so far has just been great. And Coach, uh, you talked about connecting with a lot of uh, the former Fairfield players, coaches, managers. And Joe, I wanted to uh, bring up with you something that um, you helped put together. You almost single-handedly created a reunion. You did. You're rolling your eyes, but you did. You were responsible for bringing back – most of the members of that great 1977-78 team. And uh, that was made possible because, again, of the opening of of this arena, which allows you to, you know, kind of do this around this event. But it turned out to be even greater, a greater night than you thought it would be, right? No, no doubt. You know, it's funny. Um, I wish every player 
especially that walks through Fairfield, could understand what happened. And again, I'm trying to be brief. 77-78, arguably the best team, went to the NIT, whatever. Some of these guys I haven't seen or talked to in 45 years. Knowing that this new building, Alumni Hall, was going to get knocked down, the Leo was going to be built for over a year, I took it upon myself, had a lot of help to make this happen. We met at one of the local restaurants. We had 13 of the 15 players there. And we also had a, uh, managers. Uh, the stag was there. Um, we invited some cheerleaders. We t- I tried to get everybody involved. Unfortunately, a lot of the coaches are no longer with us. We had one coach. There were 34 of us, wives and stuff like that. And we had the back room over at the little pub. And Steve Balkan, our captain, gave a speech that people were crying. I am still getting texts from these guys about how I, – I wish I could read them, but we'd take all day – how special that was on Saturday. Not only to see the team play, but to see each other. And it, it, quite frankly, it just, it just confirms why that team was so good. Which is exactly how I wanted to set up the next question for Supreme. Uh, Joe told this to me uh, before the event – uh, because he went out and he got, he reached out to all his former teammates from it's almost 50 years ago now. Uh, Joe's team in 77, 78 was 22 and five, which to this day is the uh, best winning percentage of any team in Fairfield history. But he just said it. You now know why that team was so successful because here you are almost 50 years later and there's still a team. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, Supreme. Do you get the sense that this team is coming together in, in a way that, let, let's say, 40, 50 years from now, you do a Leo Di Mahoney Arena reunion from opening night, you, uh, you get the sense you'll have that same kind of success bringing this team together? Uh, I, I do get that sense. Um, I believe the entire team are very close with each other. And uh, you know how there's certain, you know, look, pockets of people within different teams I don't think we have that I feel like everyone can sit down and just hang out with each other and I think that will uh, I, I believe grow throughout the season and we'll be able to come back I don't know 40 50 years from now and we'll get to have the, a similar reunion something like that you um you know you're one of the uh, you know the leaders of this team uh how much more ownership now that you're in your junior year your third year at the program are you taking uh we from where Joe and I sit we get the impression from you that you're um you're the you're strong silent type but I don't mean literally silent you'll speak up when you have to but correct me or set me straight as far as uh, how you yourself view yourself in that leadership role uh yeah so everyone knows me as, I don't know as a quiet guy um but on the basketball court I try to talk as much as I can cuz I know that goes to helping my teammates but um just stepping out my comfort zone and trying to be an actual leader and lead by example is something I, I try to do a lot and hopefully I don't know um other players can I don't know uh get a sense of what I'm doing and try to do it as well mm-hmm. Supreme uh coach Young met uh, one of my teammates Mark Pleffer who I told him was our three man at six nine we started 6'9", some of the times. When we went small, we started Flip Williams, who was 6'4". We started 6'9", 6'10", 6'9", in the front line. My roommate, who was a second-round pick of the Lakers, the year Magic Johnson got kicked, was still one of my best friends, got picked. So I look at you, and I say to myself, 
I love this kid. He's going to be really good. He's going to get better. I'm going to be critical now. You average 11.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.5 offensive rebounds. I got to get you. I'm going to talk like the coach. How, you're only playing 24 minutes a game. How are we going to change that? I, I want I want thir- not just me. I got a ton of friends who are fans. And how come Cook's not playing 30, 35 minutes? Uh, they get a little unrealistic, but we need you on the court more. How How's that going to happen? Um. I start off by saying that's that's completely on me. I don't I don't believe it's the coaches. I think it's me and getting my conditioning better and being able to play those long minutes and helping my team. So that's something I'll probably stay here and do uh, during summer, just get in better condition so I can just play 30, 35 minutes. And how are you feeling physically? You uh, you know you dealt with some again those knee issues uh, coming into the season. Uh, if you could rate it on a scale of say one to ten what number would you put on your physical uh, overall well-being right now I feel like I'm I'm at a nine I have I haven't had any uh, issues lately or anything like that and every day I'm working with the strength and conditioning coach to just improve physically so I feel pretty good you know um, it almost sounds like sometimes when Joe and I were talking to fans and observers of the program that when you mentioned the eight game road trip it's making an an excuse they're tired and they're worn out but now that you're through those eight games supreme from a player standpoint was it more difficult than you thought it would be that was a pretty long stretch in terms of not only games but just time on the road that savannah tournament itself you were down in georgia there for five straight days Mm -hmm. so you know now that you're through it and you look back at it was it a little more difficult than you thought i believe it was a little difficult but then again we can't use that as an excuse uh, we all knew we were going to play on the road and it wasn't going to be easy. But uh, just thinking that we just had to just get past that and actually be able to play and be able to compete, which is the most important thing at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Well, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going I, to – I think you're saying the right thing. And if you believe that, that's fine. But you, you're playing at Xavier. You're playing in New Hampshire. You're playing at Wake. I, I would – I always tease that sometimes going to Wagner is like going to another country. Okay, so you address that. My thing is, at any time, do you feel you or your teammates looked at that schedule and said, only three more games till we get back home, only two more games? Because that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're going to be honest with me or your answer, but did that at all enter into you or your teammates' minds? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll be honest. Just uh... – in my opinion, just being in Savannah for so long, it felt like we were there for months, and we just, and we just wanted to, you know, play, compete, win, and just I don't know, just get back home. Yeah, because people people want it, and and I know I'm uh, I'm taking it out by saying people, you know, the Manhattan game was awful. You, you guys did not play well uh, as a big fan, as someone who bleeds Fairfield blood. I was really disappointed with you guys' effort, mm-hmm. and people would call me and say. You know, what's going on? I said, look, got to give these guys a little bit of a mulligan because they are human and you've had that tough stretch. Mm-hmm. And you came out and played. We all know that St. Peter's team is not the team they were. But let me tell you something. They play hard for 40 minutes. They're in your face and and you guys answered the bell. So kudos to you. And, and Jay, um, I'm going to ask you a question which has an obvious answer. But, look, there's no taking away the, the uh, two and six start to the season. There's no taking away the fact that you had to play your first eight games on the road. That's all said and done, and you don't erase it. But is it uh, 
is it fair to say this is clearly an opportunity to quote unquote restart the season now that you're you know back home and you're going to be home for a long while now now you have the flip side eight straight games so the obvious answer is yes it is a chance to restart the season so my question more specifically would be why why does this represent a restart point of the of the Fairfield season yeah, I just, you know, I said to them the other day before the locker room, you know, our record zero and zero. No one's missed a shot. No one's missed a free throw. And this is what we're going to think from here. We're back home, start of something new. Um, you know, but we got to play better. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. We've got to be more consistent on both ends of the floor. So uh, we took a step forward, I think, versus St. Peter's. Uh, we, I, we watched film this morning of that game. Yeah, there's a lot of room for growth on both ends, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. But, you know, obviously any team in the country, and you can see what college basketball, what home games mean to college basketball. I looked at – I was watching Indiana a little bit, North Carolina, and Indiana, you know, uh, beating North Carolina at Indiana the other day. And then I watched the first half of the Rutgers-Indiana game at the rack and what a difference that makes. So – you know, obviously home court is big in college basketball, and we got to take advantage of that uh, now. You're a defense. By the way, I saw some zone. Some out-of-bounds under stuff. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that. Yeah. I was fainted. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the Savannah tournament. In the three games, you only give up 61 points. Teams are 22 from three. The Manhattan game, you defended pretty you know, well, again, from the numbers. Again, I don't know if I'm asking a question or making a statement, but energy, your defense has been good. You're, you're okay with that. Um, offensively, being in this new arena, knowing that you have eight games uh, here, you were 4 for 11 from three. You made some huge free throws, 25 free throws. Your offense really has been uh, – I know you don't play – no coach plays for what the people want. You're a defensive guy, but the offense has really been – inconsistent do you see this arena this new gym the new nets the rims the floor you guys turn it around offensively i hope so i hope you're <laughs> right yeah that would be nice to think i mean we we've you know I, i've been telling everybody the same thing that we've got guys who are proven shot makers in the program that they got to make shots and uh I, I i truly believe we we will i like the number that we took the other day it was that type of game where they were no just making you you know, make plays rather than run plays. So I thought we found a secondary way to score. Um, we didn't do that against Manhattan. We, we you know, relied way too heavily on the three. We didn't make any. So our offense has a lot of room for improvement. It, I've been telling everybody, Joe, it's it's not the missed shots that have hurt us. It's what the missed shots have done to the other parts of our game, whether it's disappointment lags, not cutting hard, uh, jogging back on defense. I think we've... Uh, We've just had a hangover from missing some shots. It's affected other areas of what we should be doing. So that's the disappointing uh, part for me uh, more than the missing of the shots. So we've got to make sure that we don't, uh, you know, hang our heads or don't have disappointment lags and continue to do the things that we need to do to win when we aren't making shots. But I think we've we've got proven shot makers. I've told everybody this. This is not guys who come in and, and don't have a resume. These are guys who have made shots and made many of them in big games. Supreme, you're a big part of that in the sense that the ball often finds you in the low post, and then your job is to try and uh, kick out of that low post and, and find some of those open shooters. And uh, obviously, um, 
you're in bold face on the scanner report, and they're going to throw doubles and I even saw some triple teams sometimes uh, in that game against Manhattan. I know at times you've struggled with that aspect of your game. Um, how much room for improvement is there in that regard in, uh, in passing out of those double teams? How frustrating is it for you at times, and, 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 and how much more progress do you think you can make even in the course of the next several weeks and several months of this season? Um, I believe I have a lot of room for improvement when it comes to handling those type of situations. Uh, I've spoken with coach multiple times, and we're just we're just working on that together. Um, I'm getting doubled from like different angles, so I have to be willing to see uh, what coach says 90% of the floor and be able to make that pass out of the post. But I believe I'm I'm going to get to the point where I'm able to make those plays for my other teammates, whether it's passing out the post and just doing stuff like that. Joe and I were observing during the game against St. Peter's how the offense seemed to be just more focused and the ball was moving better and uh, there was just more crispness to the offense on on Saturday night. Um, How much of that was a result of you needing to emphasize that part of the game and how much of it was, as you said already, feeding off the energy of the crowd that night? Um, I think... um feeding off the feeding off the crowd and just playing I don't know the best we can was I don't know went hand in hand um obviously it was a must win game and I thought us really locking in and actually looking at what's at stake here played a, a huge part in us just playing and just digging out the win and now it's a matter of uh, sustaining and and coach I, I wanted to ask you specifically about your lineup on Saturday it was the uh, the fourth different uh, lineup configuration you've used this year. You went with um, with with Caleb Fields and and Supreme. Those have been your constants all year. Then you had uh, Jake Wojcik back in the starting lineup. Um, Alan Jean Rhodes uh, starting again, and um, you also had Jalen Leach as a starter. The biggest difference seemed to be Jake was on the ball a lot. Um, you know, Caleb played great. But Jake, even though his shot is not there yet, uh, did a lot of ball handling. His role seemed to change a little bit, and I was wondering what the thought process was as far as asking him what you wanted him to do that night um, resulted in what seemed to be a different kind of player. And, and, and the lineup itself, is this something you think you're going to be settled in on for a while? You know, the lineup itself, honestly, was just trying to push a button to get us going and uh I really like TJ's role last year coming off the bench is kind of instant offense and you know, and you know obviously TJ and Woj have both been struggling here a little bit so I'm spotting back in and just trying to push a button to see if we can jump start us a little bit and the other part of it was uh we kind of knew how obviously St. Peter's was going to play us and we wanted to you know get as many ball handlers in in there at the same time as we could uh Wagner did a good job of taking Caleb out of the game with some full pressure, making other guys handle the ball. So Woj is a really good secondary ball handler for us. And I agree with you. He had, you know, handled the ball a lot for us to assist no turnovers in a game like that. And, um, you know, I thought he did a really good job in that aspect because they would just not, you know, we tried to move Caleb around. We had him inbound the ball sometimes to try and throw it back to him. We tried to have him come off stacks as the first guy, second guy. And they just kind of took the inbounder and took him away. Um, so we just threw it into Woj, and he did a good job of getting the ball up the floor and getting us into offense. Yeah, um, Fields is your heart and soul. I mean, you don't want to take the guy out of the game. 
which is also a problem um, down the road. You got to get him some minutes rest. But I'm going to expand a little bit. You mentioned Bob Fields and Cook. Alan Jean Rose is locked in. He's locked in as a starter, right? I mean, I, I'm thinking him at the four. He seems more comfortable. When you play a three, that's usually a spot for a shooter. You know, like in baseball, there are positions where you got to give power. Three man these days is more of a shooter. So AJR, I thought was great. I saw that early on you were posting him up. Was that part of the game plan? Yeah, and we've we've worked a lot with him. Uh, you know, about uh, taking. I think at one point he was over six from three, and obviously that's been a big part of his game that that uh, that he struggled with. And and just turning those six field goals, I told him that you know we got to turn those into perimeter to post stuff where where you just kind of drive it and we play off you kind of like we play off Supreme, but now we've got him at the post. And he's really comfortable doing that and has done a nice job. And you watch the climb in his field goal percentage over the last few weeks. Uh, he's only taken one three since that. That was against Manhattan. The shot clock was going down, so he had to take it. So I think he's done a really jo- good job of just kind of playing the way we want him. And uh, when he gets in there, he, uh, he you know, can find some cutters and that type of thing. So he's he's uh, – he did a good job for us the other night and kind of played the way we wanted him to play. Uh, Supreme, um, as you uh, move your career along here and uh, you look back at everything you've already been through, East Orange Campus High School and uh, St. Benedict's and the Petty School, and now you're more than halfway through your uh, Fairfield career. Um, is it moving a little faster than you might have even anticipated? Oh, for sure. Uh, it's all been a blur in my in my opinion. Uh it just feels like yesterday I was just unpacking my stuff and just moving into my freshman dorm. Um, it's been going by fast, but uh, I'm just trying to take each day at a time and just try to take it all in for the re- remainder that I'm here. Got a new look this year, the uh, haircut, a little, mm-hmm. little more uh, close cropped. What, went in, what was the decision-making uh, process that led up to that? Uh, I just wanted to try something new. Uh, my hair was pretty long last year, and it would honestly getting away sometimes it would just be flapping around so i thought i'd switch it up for this year james johns jr is actually uh, sporting the kind of look that uh, you mm-hmm. had last year which actually is a, a awkward segue for me to bounce it back to coach and your bench on saturday night was tighter the rotation well, i talked about the starting five the, the bench was a little tighter uh, you had chris mito of course coming in off the bench and you mentioned you like tj long as uh as maybe the sixth man, and you gave uh, the freshman, Johns, uh, nine minutes, I believe. You told me before the game you wanted to maybe start loosening the range a little bit with uh, your frosh. Uh, what did you think about his game on Saturday night? And you know, we, we get asked a lot about him because mm-hmm. he was a highly rated recruit. So wanted to ask you specifically about um, his increasing minutes perhaps. Yeah, he did well. He, um, you know, they were so small. That was really the reason for some of the – some of the bench being reduced, they were really playing four guards out there yeah. at one time. And, you know, we we're conscious of matchups for sure. And, uh, you know, AJ played real well and we played him, uh, we played James at the four, uh, the other night. And it's, you know, he's got to learn that a little better. He's more, you know, most of his reps at practice, quite honestly, come at the three. So, uh, the re- when with them going so small, it just helped us to play him more as a four-man, which he's capable of doing. So I thought he did well. We kind of probably put him in a couple positions with some play calling that that didn't help him. Um, 
like I said, because most of his reps do come at the three at practice. But the more he learns that three, four spot, I think the more, you know, it's like anything else. If you could play more than one position and know more what your your opportunity to play increases. So he's working on that, and he did a good job for us the other night. Yeah, that was going to be my question. I noticed you played him a spot there at the four, and I was curious for a freshman, it's difficult to learn a couple of positions. But while I have the uh, the mic here, if you will, uh, Bryson, good eye on his status? He's out indefinitely with a right knee injury. Um, we're going to have him evaluated again this week, and uh, we'll probably know more by the end of the week kind of which direction we got to go. Well, you've uh, got another uh, high-energy atmosphere looking at you for the next game. or um, You've got Sacred Heart coming up. Uh, Supreme, uh, you got a taste of that rivalry last year when you went to uh, their gymnasium and the place was packed and it was fired up and you're going to get the same kind of uh, atmosphere at the Leo on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, what does that rivalry mean to you? Have you gotten to know any of the uh, Sacred Heart players because of their proximity? Uh, no, I haven't met a single player who played who plays on a Sacred Heart team. But um, as far as the rivalry goes, I think it I think it's pretty good for Fairfield. I don't think we had a rivalry with any other team here, to my knowledge. So us having a a, a rivalry with a with a team so close to us, I guess it it just I don't know. It just gives us a better feeling of just playing them. Some real game, good games coming up for Fairfield. Uh, next couple of games in this homestand too really good Connecticut teams and Sacred Heart, and then that'll be followed by Yale. But first up is Sacred Heart, Coach. Uh, what kind of challenges do they pose uh, when you look at the scout? Yeah, you know, they've been banged up. They've had some guys out injured, so I don't know what the status. They've got some good players who may or may not be back, but they can score, and they're uh, offensively gifted guys. So our defense will be tested, and they're going to do a good job. And I'm sure it'll be, you know, a lot of fans for them over here too. So it'll be a heck of a game. And uh, we're going to have to, you know, defend well to to win the game because they uh, they run good stuff, they execute, and they got multiple guys on the floor who can score. Yeah, uh, I, I think most people who listen to our podcast know I do some Sacred Heart. So I know I'm not giving away – I do some Sacred Heart games – I'm not going to give away any secrets, but they're better players. I think you match up well with Galette at the four. You put AJ on him, and Joey Riley has really stepped up as the one. You have feels on him. And again, my man, I'm not going to pick on you, but a little concerned. They play five guys on the perimeter. You know, Bryce Johnson's more of a – so you're going to have to get down in your stance and play a little perimeter defense. You down for that? I am down for that. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, Supreme has done a good job of guarding some guys. Good. on. We've had some switches out there uh, on him uh, where we switch late in the shot clock, and he sat down in a stance and, and has done a good job on good. some perimeter guys. Uh, Joe asked you about Bryson Goodine. Unfortunately, he's uh, there's no real definitive word on him. Everybody else okay as far as health is concerned? Yeah, little nicks and bruises and coughs and sniffles, but yeah. – you know, Including you, it sounds like you're a little under. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. It's been a been a long road trip, in a lot of hotels and a lot of planes. So, uh, but uh, you know, we're we're we'll be ready to play on Wednesday night. And you're feeling okay, uh, Supreme. You gave us a nine out of ten on the scale, uh, mm-hmm. but no sniffles for you. You're uh, you're feeling. You look great. So thank you. Appreciate you, it. You look <laughs> great. You feel good. Still doing the. Um, wait a minute. I wrote it down. The what's cooking videos. Uh, hopefully I get into the episode. Uh, I get, I got a lot of mixed reviews on the last episode, but other than that, hopefully, uh, I get into the episode. They're, they're legit. I've watched, I, I, I watched some of the ones you did with, with chef. What's chef up to these days? 
He was uh, at the game Saturday night. Okay. He, he and Caleb came to the game. It was yeah. good to see Vince Easy. was just some of, the, some of the guys who played my first year and second year. So uh, Shep just got a job, and uh, he's doing well. Nice. Um, Supreme, you'd be happy to know that Joe and I are maybe the only announcers that have ever done a Fairfield game that have not really gone down the road of the dopey puns with your name. Mm-hmm. But it is great that you are really – Literally a, a good cook. These videos are cool. I like them. And, uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> a, a, any chance I can get you down to my uh, little Stanford kitchen? <laughs> Maybe you can show me a few pointers. I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Nice. I like it. And we really appreciate the fact that you gave us some time here on the of podcast. Course. I'm sure there will be uh, more uh, time with you uh, to come. Good luck the rest of the season. Welcome to uh, your new home. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. And I didn't even ask Joe if you had any other final words. I, I just like to say to you two and your whole team, it was you know as being an alum and having a lot of former players there, the vibes were great. I appreciate what you guys did. The effort was good, and and I really think you're going to have a good stretch here at home and get back into this thing. I agree with Joe wholeheartedly as we do put a wrap on another lengthy version of Open Court. And uh, again, the Leo is open, and the Stags are now going to be. Setting down roots, eight-game homestand underway, and as we mentioned, two more big games coming up. The uh, rivalry game against Sacred Heart on Wednesday, December 7th, then another game against a Connecticut rival on Monday, December 12th, when the uh, Stags take on a real good Yale team. Tickets are moving real quickly, but uh, there is some still availability, single-game tickets. Uh, go to fairfieldstags.com forward slash T-I-X, fairfieldstags.com forward slash T-I-X. Sacred Heart on the 7th, and then Yale on the 12th, and the Stags and the Coast Guard Academy on Sunday, December 18th, and we'll drop our next podcast shortly after that Coast Guard game. So for Jay Young and for Supreme Cook and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our great producer Ryan Moynihan, I'm Bob Heisler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.